and welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. I'm a retired Baptist preacher with over 50 years in the ministry of teaching and preaching the King James Bible, God's Holy Word. The purpose of this podcast is to present the Word of God as being just as relevant today as it was in the day that it was written. This morning as I was reading in Second Chronicles chapter 25 and 26, I noticed a lesson, a lesson that we don't often like to think about. We don't like to really dwell upon it. And that is the lesson that we don't always get away with what we think we do. We think sometimes that as long as we get right with God, there should be no consequences about our past. But the problem is, is that there are often consequences from our past. Sometimes we experience them in our lives in one way, sometimes in another, but there's always consequences. In Second Chronicles chapter 25, we find the story of Amaziah, the king of Judah. He hires some soldiers from the tribes of Israel to come and fight with the armies of, of uh, Judah. But in hiring them, he gets out of God's will. God sends a prophet of God to him to tell him that if those troops go into battle with him, the troops that were taken from Israel, that God is not with the armies of Israel. And that Amaziah will most certainly face defeat. So he tells him, so Amaziah answers the man of God. What do I do about the money I put out to hire them? God's answer was that God could do much more than that. He could give him much more than that. The main thing was to do what God said. So Amaziah tells the soldiers that he had hired from Israel to go home, that they couldn't go into battle with him. And then he takes the armies of Israel and goes into battle and comes back victorious. God gives him a great victory. God blesses when we do his will. But then comes the thing that we don't want to think about. And that is when he returns, he finds out that the soldiers that he sent back to Israel, rather than going home and letting that be the end of the story, they attacked some of the cities of Judah. They kill some and take spoil of others. I thought about what the Bible tells us there, how that they went back because Amaziah told them to go back, how that Amaziah did exactly what God told him to do. And though God gave him a great victory, there were consequences from past actions that he had taken. Actions which he was concerned would cost him his pocketbook. But they cost in the lives of people from the cities of Judah. These soldiers were hired to do a job. But when they were rejected, they didn't go back home willingly. 
they went back home, and the Bible says the soldiers, in verse 13 of Second Chronicles chapter 25, that the soldiers of the army which Amaziah sent back, that they should not go with him to battle, fell upon the cities of Judah, from Samaria even unto Bethhorn, and spoke 3,000 of them, and took much spoil. So it cost more than the money that Amaziah had already put out. It cost 3,000 lives plus spoil that was taken. Now the question comes, why would God allow that? Why would God allow these soldiers to attack the cities of Judah when Amaziah had done God's will in sending them back? Well, this points out a, a truth, a lesson that we don't want to dwell on. You realize those soldiers would not have been there if Amaziah hadn't brought them. And though Amaziah did what God told him to do, he had done wrong before that. When he repented, he sent those soldiers back, just like us. We do something wrong in our lives and we repent. We get right with God about it. But then we think that's the end of it. Like Amaziah, sometimes we're concerned with how it affects our pocketbook now that we've repented. But that's a long ways from what we should be concerned about. What we should be concerned about is consequences of the actions that we repented of. Not the consequences of the repentance, but the consequences of the actions that required repentance. We thought about how in our lives we do things and we think that when we repent of them, that that should be the end of the story. Well, when I was a young preacher, just a young daddy, my children were little. My wife and family and myself, we used to listen to the stories that came from the Pacific Garden Missions in Chicago, Illinois. I think about one particular story, the story of a man called Sullivan, how he had, when he was young, he decided to run from the Lord. He went out into the world and later became a bar owner, if I remember correctly, and was the bartender at that particular bar that night, one particular night. And on that night, there was a fight. I don't remember if it involved him, but it must have. And in the process of the fight, his arm got injured. I can't remember if it's left or right. Not much about the story I do remember. But what I do remember, I'll tell you in a moment. The thing that stuck with me from that story. But in the story, he tells how he lost one of his arms down from the elbow down. And then he got right with God. He went on to be the head of the mission for the First Baptist Church in Hammond, Indiana. First Baptist Church was where Brother Dr. Jack Hiles was the pastor at that time. And Brother Solomon got right with God. He went on to serve the Lord and lead others to the Lord and be a great testimony for the Lord. But in the conclusion of the story on the Pacific Garden Mission radio program, he made this statement. 
when I got right with God, God did not give me a new arm. God not only didn't give him a new arm, God didn't restore the arm he'd lost in any way, shape, or form. He lived the rest of his life without that arm. The consequences, he said, of his getting wrong with God. Sometimes we escape the outright consequences of our getting wrong with God. That's the grace and mercy of God. But then we're faced with other consequences. Other things that come in our lives as a result of our having gotten wrong with God at one time in our life or another. Sometimes we think God's not just because he allowed that problem to come into our lives, that consequence to come into our lives. And after all, we did repent. We did get right with God. We did do what God wanted us to do eventually. But you see, to every action, there's a reaction, as somebody has said. Well, to every action in our lives, there's a consequence. Now, we live in a generation that doesn't believe in consequences. In fact, we don't even believe in personal responsibility. And that way, we don't have to accept that what happens in our lives is a consequence of our personal actions in the past. But listen, the Bible is very clear. You may not believe in personal responsibility, but God believes in personal responsibility. And the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. God says, be sure your sin will find you out. God says in Luke chapter 15, the story about the prodigal son. He repented. He got right with God. And on his way home, he was still yet a far peace from home. And his father was so overjoyed that his son was coming home. He ran to meet him. Hugged him. Said, put a coat on this boy. Put put some shoes on this boy. Put a ring on this boy's finger. He's my son. And he's come home. Now his older brother who had stayed at home was rebelled against the very idea that his father would rejoice at his return. Now that's another story in itself. But it's interesting what his father says to that other boy who didn't leave. He said, all that I have is thine. That young man came back, but he came back empty-handed. All that we have from our past actions is the grace of God and the mercy of God. And thank God he does meet us on the way. And thank God he does want our, our repentance. And thank God he accepts our repentance. And thank God we don't go on in the wrong. Because the consequences of our doing wrong will be much greater if we stay in the sin, than if we put a stop to it, flip the switch off, and let the consequences fall where they may. But thank God, he doesn't always give us the consequences of our actions. But he always gives us his grace and mercy. So what do we learn from this? Well, (laughs) maybe nothing. And it's sad to say, that is often what we learn. Because we don't apply it to ourselves. But I see in this this truth, two great truths as a matter of fact. One is the truth that my past actions, my wrong in my past, have consequences. 
And it's only the grace and mercy of God that I don't get everything that I deserve. Because that's what grace is all about. It's not just God giving me what I don't deserve. It's God not giving me what I do deserve. What a gracious God we have. And we should rejoice in the grace of God and the mercy of God. And rather than let his grace and mercy be an encouragement to do wrong or to return to the wrong we did, we should let his grace and his mercy be an encouragement to do right. I beg of you today, if you're going the wrong direction, repent and turn back and do what God wants you to do. If consequences follow, thank God they're not as great as they could be. And if they don't, thank God that he didn't give you what you did deserve. I thank God he hasn't given me everything I deserve in my life. But I also know things that are going on or have gone on in my life that are the direct consequence of my own stubborn will. Thank God he doesn't give me everything I deserve. But I don't intend to use the grace and mercy of God as an encouragement to go on to wrong or return to the wrong that I've done. Here's just a thought. Has God been merciful to you? Merciful in that, yes, you may have reaped the consequences of your past in some degree, but you haven't got the worst that could have come. Thank God for his mercy. Turn to him today and thank him for his mercy and his grace. Ah, but listen, if you're not saved, if you do not know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you died this moment, you would go to heaven. Would you take this opportunity right now to repent of your sin, to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and confess him with your mouth as your Savior and believe on him in your heart that he died for you, he was buried for you, and he rose again from the dead for you? Will you trust him today for your eternal salvation? It would be the greatest thing you've ever done, both now and forever in eternity. It will be the greatest decision you've ever made to trust the Savior while you can. Well, that's just a thought, and I hope you'll take it for what it is. And that is the message from God. One, if you're not saved, get saved. And two, if you're saved, but you've gotten out of the will of God, repent and turn back to the one who loved you and gave himself for you. And thank God that you don't receive all of the consequences. Because by the mercy and grace of God, God will give you his mercy and grace. Well, God bless you till the next lesson. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast. Now, before you go, if you live in the Riverside, California area, I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Faith Baptist Church where our pastor, Nathan Cook, preaches the Word of God from the King James Bible. Before you hit that exit button, how about take some time and leave us a comment or maybe a prayer request or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast. And you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. God bless.